0: Welcome to another episode of Christian Hunters of America podcast. This is a a really heartfelt podcast that we're going to have today. We're going to be talking a little bit about hunting, but more on our service to Christ and to God and how it relates to being able to recharge your soul, recharge your mind, and recharge your body when you're out in the woods and the fellowship that we bring the fellowship and ministry that we're allowed to put forward that God has blessed us with when we go out into the woods, when we are able to connect on a likeness of hunting or being an outdoorsman or being an outdoors, an outdoors woman and just being in a family-oriented setting and sharing that likeness outdoors. But we are going to be speaking with Pastor Andy Miltich, and he is the, one of the pastors at Oasis Community Church in Scottsdale, If any of you have seen this year's and last year's seminars that we've televised over YouTube, he's the pastor of that church. Um, Oasis Community Church in Scottsdale has been very gracious in allowing us to have those seminars, the turkey seminar and predator seminar last year. And we just had our turkey seminar recently. Um, His facility is incredible. He has opened his arms as, you know, one of us. And um, when Cavalry Community Church was experiencing some shutdowns during the last two years, as many people have experienced during COVID, the uh, Oasis reached out and Andy, with that commonality of being a hunter and enjoying the outdoors, wanted to extend his church as another branch and another arm of ministry for Christian Hunters of America to reach more people um, during those last two years when people were struggling, and um, no matter what your faith is, no matter how deep your connection is, we hope this resonates with you, and we hope that this has an impactful message, and you can bring some of these uh, thoughts, uh, mindset, and um, just take whatever you can from this when you're out on your outdoor adventures or when you are speaking to people that you can communicate and relate with that enjoy the same passion that you do and how how you can entertain those thoughts and have a closer connection to Christ. And uh, it doesn't always mean that you need to be outside. It doesn't mean that some people connect better when they are by themselves, but we're going to go into deep uh, thought and a lot of a lot of conversations on how both being in a church and uh, serving and having a men, uh, fellowship in that ministry and how it relates to being out in the field and um, how both of them work jointly to make you a better person. And to, if your soul and your body and your mind isn't full, you aren't able to give back. If you're not at 100%, just like in sports, just like in your job, um, if you can't feel 100% and you don't feel exactly what you're talking about or what you're preaching in this instance, then um, people are going to realize that what you're talking about isn't coming from the heart because you're not coming uh, at 100% and you're not coming with the same dedication that you would in other things. So, Without further ado, we hope you enjoy this episode. Everyone, welcome to another episode of Christian Hunters of America podcast. This is the episode that is going to be real heartfelt, we hope. We hope you take a lot from this and are able to share with friends and family, uh, believers and non-believers. This is going to be a a real in-depth message as well as how you can be a better human being, how you can serve and give back a little bit more, and how you can help others. We hope it. Uh, we hope it opens your eyes. And uh, Mike Ornoski is here in studio as always. How are you, Mike?
1: We are doing really good today. It's another exciting day to be talking about real life. You know, conditions and thoughts and struggles and uh, and releases and and excitement that the outdoors gives us through through hunting and the outdoors and fishing and everything else. So I'm super excited to just talk real life and during this podcast. So it's going to be a really good day. So.
0: And like I said in the intro, we have Andy Miltich. He is the pastor or one of the pastors at Oasis Community Church in Scottsdale. He's been gracious to come down here into our uh, Mike's Trophy Room podcast studio slash garage. And we are blessed to be able to have this. As we've said uh, previously, we're very thankful Um, For all of our listeners, we're very blessed to have such a a large following. Um, We're an all-volunteer group, and this is kind of one of our ways of giving back. It's a big fellowship for us at Christian Hunters of America, and we have our ministry during our mentored camps, during our seminars, and this is just another branch of that ministry. Through our uh, podcast, um, we all love hunting. We all love being outdoors, but ultimately— We are a ministry, and we are uh, here put on this earth in order to show the light and uh, make everyone aware of how great God is. Without further ado, we have Andy here in studio. How are you, Andy?
2: I'm sitting in a place where I'm humbled by the success of Mike's Trophy Room here. I'm a little jealous, not because you have a lot of heads and and mounts up here. I'm more jealous that your wife allows you to have
1: mounts (laughs) up in the house. That's what happens when you start dating when we're teenagers. That's all I got to say. You groom them and train them early on. (laughs) Exactly. No, I'm definitely blessed for sure. She definitely uh, always jokes that it used to be a one head limit, and
2: she's now trying to figure out why it's a 40 head limit. So, God's grace, I can tell you. My wife has this saying uh, if you put a head up, then there's only one other head in this house, and that's hers. So, it's either your head goes up. Or an animal goes up, and I'm like, well, I'll I'll I'd rather stick around here a little bit. So yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. And luckily, I was able to have a uh, a game room to actually a detached garage that we built years ago and uh, turned it into kind of my man cave. So very 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 blessed for that opportunity for sure. Yeah, thanks guys for having me.
0: And we wouldn't be able to do any of this without our followers, without our listeners, without our membership. Um, we've said it in the past, and it's we won't beat a dead horse, but we wouldn't be able to have this podcast if it wasn't for all of you. Um, Everything that we receive in raffles, everything that we receive in donations goes right back out 100%. And uh, this is just our way of trying to give back a little bit. And Andy is going to open our minds and our hearts a lot and educate us uh, quite a bit. Andy, if you don't mind introducing yourself a little bit.
2: Yeah, sure. So my name is Andy. Uh, I am a pastor at Oasis Community Church. I'm actually the executive pastor there which means my job is uh, I deal with problems basically all day long. Um, But I love it. I've been a pastor for many, many years. I was in the marketplace for many years. I was a part owner of a company with a couple guys and uh, left that and to come back into the ministry. been a pastor for a long time. Grew up, that's that's the job stuff, but really about me. I I have three kids, um, two daughters, and God did bless me with a son whose passion is the same as mine, which is pretty cool, which is hunting and fishing. Matter of fact, we were fishing yesterday at a local place, which I will not disclose because it's a honey (laughs) hole. Um, and we were, uh, overrun by tilapia. So we went home last night and made our own bait for tilapia so we can get (laughs) back out there this afternoon. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Excited about that. But no, I, uh, originally from Chicago did not grow up hunting actually grew up fishing. There's the only thing you hunt in Chicago is gang members. So (laughs) we we don't want to do that. Exactly. Um, but no, we grew up, uh, grew up fishing, went up to Minnesota, grew up walleye fishing and Northern pike fishing. Um, did a lot of lake trout fishing down by the lake in Lake Michigan. Actually, we used to do what we, have you guys ever heard of schmelt fishing? I haven't, no. So they used to have these big cast nets that you would throw out. It was all the old timers, all along the lakefront of Chicago, and you throw out these cast nets, and you couldn't bring them up before 7 p.m. Like You could throw them out during the day, but you could not start checking your nets until 7 or 8 o'clock at night. Wow. I have no idea why the law, I have no idea the understanding of that, but... We would stay out there all night long with my grandfather and I fishing for Schmelt. Schmelt, are like a little, um, like a sardine. Okay. They're terrible. Yeah. They're terrible eating, but we did. So, um, grew up tons of fishing in my life. Uh, it, I love hunting. Um, fishing is by far more my passion. Um, a, because golf courses in Arizona produce a lot of big bass. We're not going to talk about which golf courses specifically. We're not giving away (laughs) honey holes or (laughs) secrets. (laughs) Uh, father, forgive me for trespassing for, they do not know what they're doing. Exactly. Um, Exactly. But, uh, Moved out here about twenty years ago and became a hunter. Uh, the fishing's not so great out here, but hunting is. Yep. And uh, took off. Uh, I started off with dove hunting and quail hunting, and from that it led to um, big game hunting, and ultimately fully my passion now. So.
1: Yep, it's a bad addiction for sure. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Sure. Yeah. So that's a little bit about me.
1: No, that's great. That's great, and I think that's one of the great things is is um, I think by going back, there's a popular. Uh, Discussion forum cooswhitetail.com, dot um, I think you're part of yeah. Um, so a lot of a lot of our followers. If you've been around Arizona, I mean, it's one of the before Facebook and social media. That was one of the platforms a lot of us of got, got to know each other, and I think that's where I kind of first. Um, realized andy was a member of coos whitetail based on his, his hashtag and as we started talking it. and it's funny that we have these experiences with people we we see afar or maybe through social you know through basically typing up or reading their information then all of a sudden later there's a relationship built and things like that and and what's i find really fascinating is you know we love the outdoors there's a lot of things that, that we do um that are selfish you know to go out the outdoors we love to hunt we love to, to show off our game and you know i look around and you know i Obviously, I have addiction of, of mounting animals and things like that. And, but when I think about the big picture of life and, and the balance of life, I think that's where a lot of us struggle as, as men and women, and, and especially because we're we're selfish natured. You know, we like to go and enjoy and do the things that we love to do. But there's also in that, if we our hearts are right and our minds are right, there's an incredible release and connection to God that, that creates a balance that ultimately kind of gives us a paradigm shift in our, our heart, our minds, our thoughts and our actions, things like that. And, and I know for me sometimes I like to find myself, I, I get harassed by a lot of my buddies on I'm given a lot of opportunity to break away and go out in the outdoors a lot more than a lot of other people just based on the position I have and and the time I have for vacation time. And 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 sometimes there is a guilt because they're they're working and I just need to go up north and get in the mountains and have that that freedom and just kind of relax. Even though I enjoy the the fellowship and being around a lot of people, there's other times I just got to just get away and just get my mind right, so... So that's why I'm really excited about today to to get a perspective of of a pastor that we respect and that's opened their doors for CHA, and we've had a lot of our seminars there. And I I know a lot of us struggle with it because I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of different people I've come in contact with, and I don't know if there's a a right or wrong reason, but I do know that God's in complete control, and and he uses his Holy Spirit uniquely to impact each each of us individually. So I just wanted to kind of talk about some of those different attributes and see where it goes from here.
2: Yeah, so I, I you know, I, I I had this dialogue with a lot of guys because for some reason I'm drawn to hunters at our church. They, We have this commonality, obviously, because we we're passionate about the same things. And, you know, a lot of them will say, I, you know, I feel guilty sometimes that I'm not here all the time or I feel guilty. And, and for me, that was a struggle, right? Even as a pastor, going away and hunting and going away for a weekend, missing fellowship with other people. But then I, I started to think of a couple of different reasons. One is I'm a guy who gets refueled by nature, yep. right? Uh, my spirit, spiritual side, sure, because I'm a Christian, but even just me being um, out in the outdoors by myself, and we'll talk difference between being with others and being by myself. Um, there's something unique about it. Uh, I've gone hunting many times by myself, overnight trips, um, day trips, whatever, by myself. And there's something unique about solitude. You know, it, it, it's biblical in some ways. Jesus often drew withdrew to the mountain by himself. Exactly. And so it's following this model, and I understand a little bit why. It, you know, you sometimes in life, and as men, we deal with a lot of the same common issues, right? We deal with the expectations, the value principles that need to produce constantly. Um, and, and women do, too, in our culture, right? But I think that as a guy, for me, withdrawing by myself is an opportunity where I have no demands put upon me. And, and that's an important part for me as an individual, to be able to release myself from all the responsibilities for a few moments and allow myself just to be with no expectations, allow myself to be rejuvenated. I've gone, I remember I was hunting down in um, uh, 38 and I, I was an archery hunt and I was down there and I was sitting on a mountain. And I saw some deer off in the distance, and I'm like, yeah, I could put a chase on. And, and I, I sat there, and I'm like, you know what? I don't even care to hunt. Even though that's the purpose of why I'm here, that's the passion, I, you know, the enthrall. I sat there, and I was by myself, and I thought, it's just good to be alone yep. and quiet. So, like, my, my my I don't know about you guys, but my life is filled with so much noise. And oh, and yeah. Good and bad noise, right? For sure. That sometimes just the quietness of of, of being alone, um, it just is a, a a place of peace that I, I, I can't find elsewhere. So... For me, um, getting out by myself is, is one thing. I think another part about it, though, is I've utilized my passion for hunting to bring others along in their life. Like I got two guys that, I, that are at my church right now. One guy, Mike, who just moved from California. He went on his first javelina hunt down a 33 with me. This just last season. And uh, he just moved here from California. He's a big bird hunter. I've never been a big bird hunter, uh, duck hunter. And he's never been a big game hunter. And so I took him with me. We went on a coos hunt uh, or a mule hunt. I should say archery mule hunt. Um, but then we went on a, a draw hunt for a Javelina Rifle down in 33 and his first time away. And it was a way that he was new to the community. He was new to my church. He was new to Arizona. He just moved from California. We'll forgive him for that. Hey, um, <laughs> but uh, uh, it was about the, 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 the camaraderie that we built. Now we have a, a dialogue, right? Constantly yep. going on via text about what's going on in his life. He just started a new job this week. I texted him today. And I would never had those insights unless I took somebody with me. Yep. So I think there's a, that dual purpose of, of hunting and, and being a Christian is, yes, to be refueled by yourself. But also, why am I being refueled? It's to give out. Yep. So,
1: no, For sure. And I think that's where it's that peace that kind of comes. I know there's some, there's other times I, I break away and I go hunting and I catch myself and I'm starting to glass. So I'm like, I'm just kind of tired. I'm just going to kind of fall asleep. Yeah. And next thing you know, I have the most peaceful sleep and I wake up and feel rejoiced. And it's just, it's crazy. And I'm done hunting and I turn around and drive home. It's the weirdest thing. Just sometimes, like you said, it's that noise. It's just... Getting away, getting in a car, turning everything off, and just you know, getting our mind right, you know, per se, it's it's an amazing thing that God can impact us. And I, I think back to the Bible, even back to Moses' days. You know, the wilderness. You know, I mean, how how biblical is is the wilderness within the early parts of the Bible in the Old Testament and how they were trapped in the wilderness and Moses had to go out in the wilderness and the, the burning br- the bush and how God basically spoke to him from the wilderness, you know, and it's, it's interesting how there's so much foundation of God wants that solitude just to get away. Like you said, the noise and to focus on him. Then you kind of highlighted that too with Jesus and you think about towards the end and, all he wanted his disciples to do was to stay awake while he went and prayed and went out in the wilderness, you know, to find that solitude and get his mind right, you know, and get his heart right. You know, it's it's an interesting dynamic for sure. I mean, it's just I think that's where sometimes we struggle because we feel like we gotta. You know, we always hear you got to be preaching. You got to be the stiple and impacting people. But really, we have to get ourselves right in order to make that difference in the lives
2: of others. And and being away by yourself or having that idea of solitude. Yes, it can be recharging. It can be refilling. It can also be very fearful. There's many times where I've been by myself and the conversations that are going on in my head are not issues, are are about issues that I don't really want to deal with either. That's true. So, you know, sometimes there's a dichotomy there because... Yes, I love going away, but sometimes I know going away, I'm going to have to deal with some issues that I don't even want to necessarily address in my life, right? Last time I was hunting by myself, this idea came up of how much am I really investing quality into my son? Yes, you're giving quantity. You're spending a ton of time with him. And I and I was wrestling even with myself, sitting alone on a mountain in my glass, you know, glass. And I'm thinking to myself, s- mind, stop talking. Let's just look at the animals. Yeah, exactly. Right. But it was it was God speaking to me, saying, "I got you alone. Now will you listen?" Yep. And I think that was an important thing for me. Which honestly, some days I don't really like. And and that's just being honest. I I don't want to necessarily change some of those things. But getting away by myself, first of all, in in hunting, um, I I remember I was down looking. Uh, I was glassed in this area and I saw two bobcats. I, I was hunting deer, which really frustrated me that I saw these Bobcats cause I knew the deer were out of the area. Yep. Um, but I was glassing and I saw these two bobcats just playing bouncing off rocks chasing each other and maybe they were attacking each other I don't know it didn't look like it to me but <laughs> they were bouncing off rocks and and jumping and and at first I was frustrated I'm like man I'm down here trying to I was hunting coos yep I'm like I, I I'm I'm glassing here I want to yep. and then I stopped stopped and I'm like yeah but God's showing me something unbelievable right now if you just yep. get your mind off of your agenda yep. and allow God to bring forth his agenda every now and then in your life um crazy things so I'm watching these these bobcats play and I'm thinking to myself, man, they're enjoying life. And then the question came to me, and I think this is why being alone was important at this time. The question came to me, and, the, and I had to answer it. The question came was, actually, how much are you enjoying your life? And the truth of the matter is, I didn't want to have that conversation with myself while I was out in the wilderness. Yep. That's like, okay, we'll have that with my spouse or with my, my church or my pastors. But I had to deal with a, a life-changing question by myself. How much are you actually enjoying your life? And how much, are you, are, are, how much joy is in your life? As you're watching these animals and you're finding joy in watching that, the question then became self-reflective. Why can't you experience that joy everywhere else? Why is it only when you're away that can you experience that joy? Exactly. And that was a tough question for me to answer. It really was. That's like those questions where you find yourself answering that with your spouse on a couch with a counselor, right? Yep. Not sitting on a mountain and having to do real time with your own self. So
1: Exactly, and that's where you're being real with yourself and... And really looking in the mirror and saying, where can I make changes and what's really important to
2: me? Yeah, and I was convicted, right? I was convicted. Like, I'm spending time, a lot of time with my son, raising him up to be a young man. But I'm not asking the right questions. And the questions that I need to be asking, and I felt like God was speaking in my soul, downloading information to me, saying, I've got you away. Let me finally talk to you. And here's some things I want to talk with you about. Absolutely. And
0: I think as that relationship with God grows you're able to know that those conversations are happening. And if that makes sense, it's um, I struggle with that. I still struggle with that Uh, going alone or going in a group of guys and being able to enjoy that. And yes, I am blessed with a wife that is able to hold the house down and take care of the boys and always lets me go hunting and never ever gives me any grief. Yeah. But how do you come back And, and bring more to the table or how do you incorporate that? So it's not as selfish. How do you, you know, even if it's not success in this term of harvesting an animal, bring, bring your kids, um, and then have those talks out there, not just about hunting, but how, how clear your mind gets out here and how you can pray out here. And how you can um, cleanse your soul, almost. I still struggle with that. I think a lot of people do. Um, we like we said, this is a big open topic, and we hope everybody, you know, comes to Jesus, as a, a, for lack of a better term, with themselves when they listen to this. And it's all about being honest with yourself. If you can go out there and you can enjoy that, then one, I think you bring that back to people and and allow them to hear that testimony on how it impacts you. And as Andy said, when he got knowing uh, some of those hunters at his church, that's the icebreaker. That's the mm-hmm. being able to communicate with them. But let's let's talk about a lot more important stuff. And we have this commonality. We enjoy being in the outdoors. But how can we help each other be better men, better husbands, and better disciples?
2: Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think... Uh, which I'm happy that, to hear that your wife gives you the freedom. My wife does too, and, uh, and she doesn't give me the freedom. She almost dictates that I go away, <laughs> and, and that's truth because um, she knows when my spirit is not right that what refreshes me is going away and going hunting, whether it's a day trip, whether that's just going bird hunting. Um, she knows there's something unique about that experience. And I think it's a biblical experience. You know, we look throughout the whole school, especially in the Old Testament. I mean, there was a guy, his name was Nimrod. Nimrod means he was a skilled hunter, right? That's what it means. And so we know that there's this a principle of hunting, this principle of outdoors, this principle of nature um, is, is a godly principle. Matter of fact, there's this idea, a theology conversation That talks about special revelation and general revelation. Special revelation is Jesus Christ is the Savior for all and and through sin, uh, through his sacrifice, uh, dying on a cross for your sins. That's special revelation. But there's another principle in the Old Testament called general revelation is that you will know there's a God based upon the order of nature, based upon being there. And and that's truth. because every time I go away, whether it's a small trip or a long trip, There is a time where I will sit back and I'm in awe. I'm in awe of whether I'm seeing animals or I'm in awe of the clouds in the sky, the view I have, the grass I'm sitting. And it's not to be all touchy-feely, but there is a sense of of order. And I can see God in order. And I can also see my place in that order. Because a lot of times, just truth being told, in my daily life, I try to take the position of God. And when I get away sometimes is when God makes me realize, no, no, I'm God. You are not. I breathed this into effect. Um, You can't breathe this into effect. You can't breathe the magnitude of what all this is that you're seeing or the animals you're seeing and how I sustain them. I remember one time I was hunting birds, and uh, I was uh, down by, I'll give away this spot. Don't you go there. Um, I was down by the Rio Verde River off of uh, Dynamite where it comes out by Fountain Hills out there, right, by the the Reds. And I was hunting birds out there, and uh, I was in a need. I had a need in my life at that point. I was struggling financially. I was struggling emotionally. I was struggling relationally with my wife, my children. Ultimately, I was struggling with my own identity, first of all. Um, but there was a need of a provision, financial provision at that time. I had a big bill coming up. Maybe some of you guys can understand what that's like, Absolutely. the pressure yep. of that. For sure. And uh, I was watching sandhill cranes out there. Right, Not what I was hunting, but I was, I was seeing some cranes out by the water. And a passage kept coming to me as I was watching these birds is um, consider the birds in the air. They do not toil or worry about where they will sleep or what they will eat. How much more does your father in heaven care for you? And I was like, it took me to get away to remember a promise. It took me to see God's nature, creation, in order for me to remember a promise of God over my life. So I think, I think that's. So when I say that, uh, my wife knows when I need to go away. She's like, your spirit's not right, your soul's not right. You need to go commune in the way, in the weird way that you're wired up to do it. So that's, yep. that's what
0: makes us all unique. I mean, other people get solitude or. Get their mind right in, in in various different ways. That's what mm. that's what brings everybody you know to like-minded outdoors. To uh, we hope our friends and family and our all of our memberships. That's what brings them to Christian Hunters of America. That they like. Um, the camaraderie that we afford, or the friendship, the fellowship, but it's ultimately the ministry. It's ultimately going to church, and that's why on those you know meetings that we have that aren't on the seminar nights, we have Bible study and. Some people, um, Mike's been around, as as we've talked about in the past, almost since the inception, um, before it was even called Christian Hunters of America. And seeing people that are non-believers and wondering how how we would take that. How would we allow them to come into a church? And it's, hey, anybody is allowed in here. And if you're affected in the slightest bit so that you can start having some sort of a relationship with God, great. If you choose not to, we hope you keep coming back and we We ultimately Mm. hope that you do have that relationship. But if you don't, know that you're still welcome here. Yeah. And we hope you become a believer, but anyone of any denomination can come and listen. And obviously we have the Bible study and people have really invigorating conversations and eye opening experiences, especially when they're able to to talk about how it relates into their daily life like we are right now. And then we'll talk about a little bit of hunting afterwards. But that foundation and that camaraderie what brings us all together what gives us the spiritual cleanse and the the mind reset and the body reset it it is something about that I joke with people that have nothing to do with hunting that could care less and I said go to if you go on a hike even if you're not on a on a outdoorsman. If you go on a hike and you're tired, tell me that a little nap on the side of a mountain isn't the most joyful, peaceful nap ever. And I said, there's a reason for that. I mean, like you're surrounded by all the beauty that he created. Um, you got the birds, you got all these animals and the noise that we've spoken about previously, the cars, the honking, the automobiles, uh, your cell phone, turn it all off and just listen and stop talking for a little bit and just listen. And it's so good to get that way and to get your mind right. And if, if you're not a spiritual person, we hope you become, but if you're not, he's talking to you, whether you realize it or not.
2: Yeah, no. And and I agree. I, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I didn't become a Christian until later in life. I didn't, be, I didn't grow up in a Christian family, so I, I didn't know God. Um, my first experience with God was in the outdoors. It's when I realized the magnitude that um, somebody had to create this, right? It, I didn't grow up in, I grew up in a Catholic church, but I didn't really have a personal relationship with Jesus until I was later and older. And I remember I was, being, I was fishing, and I'm sitting in a boat, and I'm looking at the forest. I was up in Cass Lake, Minnesota, and uh, fishing with my brother, and I'm looking out at the forest and I'm watching an eagle fly and we're catching northerns. And uh, it was the realization, like, this is not a mistake. There's order here. Yep. There's a creator here. And if he can do this, what can he do with me? With my good and my bad, right? right. Like, if, there, if there's a creator that can create this beauty, and yet he, what the Bible says, he considers me even more, more, sin, more precious, more loved. What can he do with my life then? And it was at that point where I started to be intrigued about God. You know, I didn't, I didn't know, but I started to be intrigued about him. And it was all through creation. It was all through the order of what he's done and the magnitude and the beauty of it. Uh, it's, an, it's, it's, it's life-giving. I mean, it's, a, it's an expression of his love for us that he's allows us to be a participant in that with him. 100%. So
1: yeah, I think that's true because I, I know I come in contact with a lot of people and especially over the years when we were Desert Christian Archers and Christian Archers of America, we, we don't judge, and we have people from all walks of life that are part that are members and come and to our seminars and to our monthly meetings and things like that. And I would say the the number one thing that most of the individuals would say if they're not engaged in a church and they they don't have a church home is the outdoors is my is my is my church. You know, I can go on a mountain; that's my church. And I sit up on the hill and I watch the sunrise, and I know that you know there is a God, and that's that's my church, and it's really their extent. So it's interesting that you say that because even though they may not have that personal relationship with the Christ and have that freedom and everything else that goes with it. They know that there's the order. They know there's a God, and they know they got to go to the outdoors to have that sense of understanding, but they don't fully understand the, the big picture of how it's all tied together. Yeah, And that's why they're drawn to that, because I've had so many conversations with people saying, when I go hunting, my favorite thing is to be at dark and hearing all the the noises, the crickets and the sounds, and all of a sudden the, the birds chirping. And all of a sudden, the gray light starts to come up and gets and watch that sun come over the hill, and it's magical. It's it's you know that's God. That's God's reminder to us that
2: that He's all powerful and and He's in complete control. Yeah, I've heard that statement a lot. Um, You know, the nature or they. I've heard a lot of people say um, Mother Nature is my church. I've heard the word Mother Nature in there, and I I correct them really quick. I'm like, Well, no, it was God, the Father, who created all this. Um, But I've heard a lot of people say that, and, and that there is a truth to that. You know, Scripture says that uh, even the rocks cry out in worship to God. And so, when we're sitting there, and I, I always this is a fascinating concept to me. Uh, two things I'll, I'll say. The first is when you're sitting there and, and you hear all that kind of stuff crickets, birds, first light, maybe the you know uh, a turkey's first gobble in the morning, whatever it may be. Um, all of creation is designed to worship God. Amen. It's true. So even as you're, if you don't believe in Jesus and you haven't really been a part of a faith or have an intimate faith with God, you are part of a worship service. Every sunrise, every sunset, all creation is designed to worship God. Um, and that's the crazy thing about it is, which includes you. (laughs) Whether you know it or not, you've been created to worship God. You just might not know that yet. But you are partaking in a worship service every time you're out in, in nature and the newness of nature. And I, I think that's the first thing. Um, the second thing I would say is, but that's not your only purpose, exactly. is to be a participant. Right. Um, and I, you know, I've heard a lot of, especially Christians even say, well, I don't get much from church. I get much from being outdoors, and I agree. I do too, even as a pastor. I agree with that. However, that's very selfish, and that's a consuming mentality. I'm consuming something because it makes me feel a certain way. Um, I've been put on this earth, and so have every one of us, for a purpose that's more than self-consuming. It's more about self-sacrificing. As a model and example of Jesus, he sacrificed. He didn't just consume. And so, you know, there's scripture, I think, of Hebrews chapter 10, which says, um, do not uh, spur one another on to good work and good deeds and do not forsake the assembly and assembly meaning coming together as, a, as people for a common purpose. Um, but I can't spur one another on in good works and good deeds if I'm always by myself doing what I want to do. Um, that's very self-centered and self selfish, to be honest. And, and that's a battle I struggle with. Listen, as a pastor, my job is really, my main job is on Sunday mornings. And there are times when on Saturday night, I am wrestling in my spirit, thinking I have to pack up camp to head home. And then I realized, but my purpose here was to get filled so I can go pour out. Whether that's pouring out with your family, whether that's pouring out with your wife, your spouse, um, your children, whatever it is, go away and do what you need to do to get to a place where you feel at, at peace again, but it's not peace just for you. It's peace so that you can be an extension of peace or or goodness to others. Um, I think that we get to this point where in our lives, where and I know I can fall into that same trap where um, I need to make sure I'm okay all the time. Um, that I need to be feeling a certain way. I need to be feeling. And when I get out in nature, I feel joyful. I feel at rest. I feel at peace. I feel I can breathe maybe for the first time because I haven't been able to, to, to break away. And that's great and all, um, but then what do you do with that? That's exactly true. What do you do with it? Is right. it just so I can feel this way? Well, that's great. Uh, everybody can say that about whatever whatever thing that they enjoy doing. Uh, uh, you can say that about hunting. I, I feel this way. It makes me feel this way. Great. What do you do with that? It can't just be about you. Exactly. exactly.
1: Um, so, so, And I think that goes, uh, I'm going back many, many years, and I had this paradigm shift, and I can't remember the speaker, but we're at this conference in California. Of course, I had to go to California, go get, get spirits. Sorry about know? that. But it's interesting. No but offense, the, Californians. A, a group called Promise Keepers years and years ago, yeah, and, they yeah. had, and they had a speaker. And it was almost, it was the same thing as saying is, are you just a consumer? And the way it was laid out per, as I was talking is, are you the guy that's, that you look at that person who's the most arrogant person, the arrogant boss, Everything they do is about me, myself, and I. I. Look at what I have. I have this. I have that. And they brag about everything, but they don't do anything. Then it was flipped saying, is that how you're acting to God, that I'm just going out doing all of this stuff because it's about me, myself, and I, and I'm not impacting and helping anybody else out. And, and I've always kind of looked at that parallel to where you look at these actors and famous people or we have people in our lives that everything is about them. It's always about the best of the best and look what I have, and, and it's all about the show and the prestige and everything else when really it's you get to know them it's it's so shallow and they're trying to impress people they really don't care about anyways you know it's, it's kind of interesting dynamic and I think sometimes that's where we have to have that balance even though we go out the outdoors we love hunting is we, we consume but then we need to take that consumption and, and impact the lives of others and I think that's where God really did that paradigm shift to me back in the, the 90s when we were doing that and it was like an eye-opener and I kind of forgot about that until you just kind of talked about that. And all of a sudden, this I remembered. you know, it's, it's kind of interesting how just 30-something years ago, hmm. you just spurred a whole moment of that, that speaker, and, it, and it's exactly true. I mean, how, how how many times we've been around people that it's all about them, and everything they do is about them, and they never give back or make a difference. And I wonder if sometimes as ourselves when we're only doing about what we're trying to do, to, saying, hey, we're going out to the wilderness, it's about our, my spiritual, and it's all, it's all about me, then once we get that, we're full, our, our gas tank is full, you know, gas is $5 a gallon. Now it's time to us to go and, and get rid of all that gas so we can go use it for you know you know impact others with it then when we get down that e go, let's go back and fill it back up and so we can spread it back so it's an interesting dynamic that you just yeah so being
2: on. I have a buddy his name's Derek I met him on Coos Whitetail um, became a friend of mine he we he doesn't go to church. He's a great hunter. He's become a great friend of mine. Doesn't necessarily have a relationship with God. Um, might be like some, maybe you guys out there, just a good hunter. He's a good dude. Yep. He's just a really good guy. And I enjoy spending time with him because he's from Wisconsin, so I like his accent. Um, <laughs> so that's part of it. Um, don't you know. Yeah, yep. don't you know. Um, but he's just a really good guy. And so he was just on this last uh, javelina hunt with me. And he doesn't know that I bring him for a purpose, yep. right? The purpose is to hunt. But the purpose for me, in my mind, as a guy who has been filled up plenty in my life, I have a purpose that I want to see him filled up in a way that he can't get filled up in other. Just being out hunting is not filling him up enough. Sure, because it's, I mean, it's never enough. It's never enough. It's never enough. enough. Um, and so, I, you know, my hunting has gone from, yes, there's times where I go by myself. There's times where I go with my, my, my son or my brother-in-law's. But there's times where I bring other people with me because it's a purpose. The hunt is not the purpose. The relationship is the purpose because I want to bring it to a higher purpose. Exactly. And, and I think sometimes as guys who have a passion for something, we can get so invested in our passion that we forget to use our passion for a purpose. It, and, and what the purpose does becomes, it becomes self, self-fulfilling, not self-giving. Exactly. And I think there's a balance there where, yes, I have trips that are planned just for me, just for me. But then there's trips where I'm like, no, I want this person to come. I want this person to come because it's. I don't care if we, we even see an animal. The dialogues and the conversations and the depth of what we'll have relationally is the purpose of the hunt. Exactly. Um, and I think that knowing that balance is really important. I think that's where not forsaking the assembly, not forsaking my purpose, spurring one another on to good work and good deeds, I think that's where that comes into play. And and I can have conversations. I used to say this all the time. I used to go to, uh, 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 forgive me, please <laughs> forgive me. You might need to edit this part. I used to go to a bar by my house all the time, an Irish pub. I, I'm a man who's a pastor. Yes, I like beer. Um, There's nothing wrong with that. No, no. And I, I like know. good beer. I don't yeah. like, you know, exactly. well, I don't know lately. I've been, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll move on. Um. Yep. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I'm but, right there with you. <laughs> but I'd go to a bar and, and I used to get a lot of flack from people about why are you hanging out at the bar? I mean, that's you're a pastor. And I'm like, you know what? I had more intimate and life-changing conversations over a pint of beer than I had over a pew. Absolutely. And I think as 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 believers, I would encourage, if you're a believer out there listening to this, I would encourage you, start rubbing shoulders with those who have same passion for hunting with you, who are not believers, and invite them into your world. Exactly. I've had great conversations around a fireplace, a fire pit while I've been hunting with guys. Not 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 with a, an agenda to say, you have to become a faith-driven person, but more so that I'm no different than you. Yep. And the only difference right now we have is that I have this love affair with a guy named Jesus. Yep. Other than that, we are the same. Exactly, And he's, but he, but I have a different piece because there's a byproduct of joy or peace based upon uh, the fruit of the spirit, which is only produced by the Holy spirit in me that you might be missing. And I want to give you that. So I use hunting as a way to connect with guys on a deeper level. Um, You know, we talk about marriage, we talk about kids, we talk about work, we talk about the stresses of of life, the insecurities that I and, and other guys have as men. Exactly. Right. We all have the same insecurities. We just don't talk about them. We're not transparent about them. But you get out in nature with other people whether they have a faith or they don't have a faith, we are all about the same, and we all have the same issues. It's whether or not we're willing to be honest with those issues. And when you find guys who you have commonality with, it's easier to bring forth those issues. So, 100%.
1: Exactly true, because we just, uh, a few of us from CHA went down to an archery shoot um, down by the Dragoon south of Tucson. And, and we're getting to know a lot of people. We're wearing our jerseys, and we met, you know, three or four guys, and just talking to them, and we invited them for dinner. We had a whole bunch of food. And like, yeah, we'd love to come over and have food, you know. So they come over, and we have a campfire, and we open the ice chest and hand them all a beer, and they're looking at us like, aren't you Christian hunters in America? You're handing us a beer? I'm like, yeah. Just because we're Christian don't mean we don't like to have beer. Here's a beer, and let's just sit down and talk. And, you know, it's pretty incredible just sometimes there's a perception because you go to church that you give All of these pleasures or things that we enjoy as as people, but that's really not true. I mean, it's all done in balance and it's all done through accountability, but we still enjoy a lot of the things that God has provided. I mean, there's nothing that says we can't have a beer and relax, but. Shoot, Jesus turned water in the wine, wine, not wine in the water. Let's be honest about it. It's exactly true. And I think that's. But that's a perception that a lot of people think, and it was. The next day, it was like they introduced us to a whole bunch of other people saying, yeah, we're CHA's camp. and had some beers and fire, and they invite us for dinner, and next thing you know, we're talking to, you know, 8, 10, 15 people just because it was just like the light bulb was turned on, and they were were just dumbfounded that, you know, here's this group that's representing, and they give us free dinner and give us some beer and have a good time, and we're all just laughing and cracking jokes and... And really, we didn't judge them. We were, didn't talk about anything about, you know, where we we stance are. We just were being real people and just building relationships and telling stories and having a good time. And I think sometimes we forget that we're all human and we all need that fellowship, you know, and we don't have to have that, you know, that fear that because somebody may be going to church that they're going to judge you differently. And I think that's where it was, it was another eye opener again last weekend is all these people are just having a good time. And. We knew one, two, three, I think five guys I had never met before. And by the time we were leaving, they're walking up, shaking their hands, and we get text messages, and that's just building relationships. It's a seed. That's all it it's is. seed planted, yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah, True. Well,
0: that's like what Mike's talked about in the past, what Mike's talked about during our, some of our prayers is, you know, let your actions, let, let God's light shine through you. Let your actions speak louder than your words, that you going out and doing is far more than sitting back and preaching. Um, sometimes, I mean, sometimes we do need to talk about it and it's very impactful. People need to hear, but because God created us, um, we all learn differently. We're all equal. God created us, but we're, we are different. Just like how we talked about some people relax in different ways. Some people will go out into nature to, to recharge, Some of us are visual learners, some of us are auditory, and some of us are doers. And you going out there and preaching, some people get a lot from that. And some people, when they see you do things, when they see you giving back, when they see you helping other people, or when they see you living the good life without just talking about it, that's how they learn as well. And letting his light shine through you and through your actions speaks volumes if you are living by his word. And not just talking about it. Yeah. So when we give back and Mike, you know, going there, anybody's welcome at any CHA event. And that's what we love. We want kids. We want women. We want um, adults. We want older generations. And we have all these open seminars. Yes, it's for hunting on why the seminar is there. But even if you don't like it, even if you don't care for that species, we have people coming just because they love that camaraderie. Yeah. Just because they want to come. uh, They may not attend church every Sunday, but they know that they are welcome when it's one of our events. They know that they're welcome at one of our Talks, or, uh, you know, a family-oriented pizza party or, you know, giving back at uh, an archery event like at Game and Fish where they may not have any idea who Christian Hunters of America are, but they know that we are running a youth archery camp or not a camp, but a little event so that people can experience what it what it means pulling back that string and being able to release that arrow. And then, then they come up and they see our literature and they see that we're giving away free Bibles. And if they want to talk, we've met so many people that have come back and said, we saw you at XYZ. We saw you out in front of Cabela's with your booth. We saw you at the Game and Fish Expo, and we had no idea who you were. But like so many people moving here to Arizona... We got, you know, several hundred people moving here daily, it seems like. Um, They may not hear about it, and it's a good way for us to get it out. Um, We have all these different seminars throughout the year. We have this podcast that I hope impacts a lot of people. Um, We know it reaches quite a few people, and we are blessed today by having Andy here that has given me a lot more insight. Um, We all can learn more um, through other people's trials and tribulations through their experiences. Um, that's how we learn and having that mentorship and having that, uh, camaraderie allows us to be better human beings. So we hope that, you know, this podcast helps a lot of people, um, just by getting more spiritual and being able to impact the lives of others through your actions and through your words.
2: I, I hear, let me, let me just check, check this one out there. I, I think it's a common thread. I hear it all the time. I feel if I'm hunting and I'm away, um, I'm not consistent, in a, especially if you're a Christian, uh, I'm not consistent going to church because I'm away and the pastor gets mad at me because I'm not there, blah, 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 blah. Um, I hear that all the time uh, from both sides of it as a hunter and as a pastor. I've probably used those words myself, forgive me, um, but where's that balance between um, being committed to a passion and being committed to a fellowship also, and, that, and, and where's that balance? And I think that's an important question that we have to ask. But I think it's a bigger question than just um, attendance or something like that. It's it's um, for those of you that are Christians um, and you're not in a fellowship, but you're going out to the woods to get fulfilled and you're and filled up by God. You're only filled up so you can pour out. Exactly, that's it. Exactly. And that you need to be part of a fellowship, not for you. That's the misnomer, right? People always go to church, and if you don't go to church, I'm going to encourage you to find a church, and and you're going to realize church isn't for you. Church is for you to impact somebody else that needs what you have that that they don't have. Um, you know, scripture talks about that uh, an eye or or you're an arm, or you know, we each have a body part, and. Um, if you if you have just say to yourself, well, I don't need to go to church because I'm getting filled up out in the woods. Well, that's great. I'm happy for you. Other people are losing out in life because of the gifts and the skills and the experiences you have that you're not partaking and in influencing their life with. And and so somebody else has a void in their life because you are not being engaged in a way. Uh, that you're supposed to be, and that you it's not even supposed to be that you're needed in. And that realization is very important. Listen, if you're not a Christian, and you're listening to this, you have been given something that somebody else needs. That's how God gives us. That's called a purpose, a general purpose for your life. And it's not a purpose for your life. It's a purpose to work through your life to influence and affect somebody else's life. And and so, you know, that, that balance of do I go to church? Do I go hunting? Do I go to church? Do I go hunting? I look at it and it's this way. I said. Create a balance in your life. And if you can honestly say, I'm, I'm engaged in an effort that is eternal, that's not just about me, then I'm good. I'm good. Like if I'm engaged in a fellowship that I know I'm giving back and other people are being affected because of my life, of being filled up in the woods or, or being filled up on a mountain and, and having this communal relationship with God— um, then give back. You know, I, I look at a model of Jesus in this example. He withdrew, you know, we know multiple times he withdrew to the mountain by himself. But as soon as he got off the mountain, where did he go to serve others? Exactly. It wasn't just about going to feel something. It was going to be prepared for something. And I, I would challenge all of all the of listeners out there. When you go away and you're having this experience, what are you experiencing this for? Is it just for yourself? Because then that's pretty self-consuming and selfish in, in nature. And I don't think anybody desires to be that by, as a whole, selfish or self, self-consumed. But what are you being filled up for? You're being filled up so you can pour out. And here's the crazy thing. The more you pour out, the more you'll find yourself being filled back up. And um, I, I know this. John Maxwell, uh, he's a leadership guy, right? Yep. Everybody kind of knows who he is. He said this, and it's a pretty impactful statement that I've remembered. Everybody wants to be somebody, somebody. And I thought that's a pretty important statement because there's people that who are listening to this. Somebody's waiting for you to be their somebody, and and as you're being filled up, that means you're being filled up to pour out to somebody who's waiting for you at a fellowship, at a church, um, and 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 creating that balance <coughs> is important. I can't spur one another on to good works and good deeds, as it says in Hebrews 10:24. if I'm not there. And quite frankly, to spur means somebody might need a kick in the pants, right? That's what yep. spur is. And you might be that person that God wants to use to kick in the pants and you're already filled up. You already feel good. You have peace in your life. You have joy because you've been out hunting. Well, now it's time to get to work and get to act, be activated. Um, I,
1: I,
0: I see that. at yeah. well, that I guess. see that at work too. Just quickly. Uh, uh, sorry to interrupt. I see that like the old joke of misery loves company. I say it at work that happiness loves company too.
2: Yeah, that's good.
0: And people aren't used to hearing that. And I know when I'm happy. And when I feel good, I come back from a hunt or you just have that mindset because you're, you're, you're just good. You feel good. Even you, you got you know, that ability to look at things as glass half full is hard sometimes in this world. And I've struggled with it in the past. I think I'm turning the corner over the last several years to it's not half full, full, it's half, or excuse me, it's not half empty. It's half full, or I'm thankful that I just have a drink of water. Um, so you got to look at it from that perspective, but you know, everybody in any walk of life in any job, it's just commonality to, Hey, how's it going? Hey, you know, and I catch myself always saying I'm living the dream. Mm. I'm always happy lately just because of, I feel, I feel good and I have a positive mindset and a lot of stuff. Do I still get upset <laughs> and oh, things?
1: Oh <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. <Nice. laughs> Do I still do that kind of stuff? Of course. I only get upset when I miss 15-yard archery shots. Let's just be honest. I mean, I still – people frustrate me.
0: People upset me. Uh, You know, my job is different than a lot of others where, you know, things get crazy sometimes. But um, when you sit back and relax and you start realizing all the blessings that are put in front of you, that's when I, you know, in those cordial greetings, hey, how's it going, or, you know – one of those pleasantries, I'm living the dream. And, you know, they're like, what are you really, can you really say that? And I said, yeah, I am. He's blessed me more than, than, you know, I, I'm having a better day than I deserve right now.
2: Sometimes. Well, there's this idea. Sorry, Mike, let me jump in with this idea. Piggyback off that. There's this idea. um, You know, the word, what we do is recreation, right? When we go out hunting, it's recreation. The root word of recreation is to recreate. And, and that's when you look at how it, the, the uh, epitomology, uh, uh, how you ever say that word of the word itself, it's to recreate. And when I go out hunting, it recreates who I am and it re- refocuses who I am and what my purpose is in life. You know, there's a passage, it says in Proverbs 12, 12, the lazy do not roast any game, but the diligent feed on the riches of the hunt. I've used that as a joke at times why I have to go hunting. But the truth of the matter is when I look, when I, when I've been recreated again and again, and again, when I go out hunting and I recreate I'm recreated for my purpose. My hunt isn't animals. My hunt is to fulfill the purpose in which God has for me. Exactly. And I will roast the riches of the, uh, of the hunt is by other people's response and other people's lives being changed. Right. And so I go out to be recreated in recreation it means to be recreated, um, so that I'm recreated for my purpose. I'm not recreated for myself. And I think that's an important part of of coming to um, a maturity, whether you're a believer or not a, a believer. Everybody wants to do good, right? Everybody has this vein in us that we want to do good. We want to be. We want to have an impact in this world. We want to have. Um, I've never heard anybody on their deathbed as a pastor say, "Man, I wish I didn't have such an effect on people. I wish I. Have, I wish I would have been more selfish." What does everybody say? I wish I would have been giving more. Yep. Right. Or I wish I would have lived a better life. I never hear anybody say, I wish I would have been more self-consuming and did more things that I want. It's that idea that we are made for a purpose and we are made on purpose for a purpose. And the purpose isn't us. The purpose, now God gives us things that fill us up like recreation for us in commonality. It's all hunting. But it's for a purpose. That's not just you. And so I think that's an important deal. I go out and get. I go out to recreation to be recreated. I went out fishing in my honey hole yesterday for til- You know, I got overrun by tilapia. I'll be back there today. But I was out there, and here's the truth. The day before, and I'm gonna let you in a little bit transparency here. The day before, my wife and I got into a fight. I don't know if anybody of you fight with your spouses. But we got into a fight so much that, you know, Scripture says, don't let the sun go down. Um, I just left the light on in my bedroom all night and went to sleep. Um, so we actually split up into different bedrooms because we were in such a heated argument, right? Okay, this is a pastor. Don't fire me. Um, it's real. It's real. It's, real. it's just it's honest. It's real life. It's honest. We, we were in such an argument. We wound up, I, I said the words, like, I don't even want to be in the same room with you right now. I'm so frustrated. I'm so tense in my spirit about what happened. And it was a stupid conversation to begin with. But... Um, I went fishing the next day while I was fishing through recreation. My spirit became recreated where I was able to go home and say, you know, hun. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that we're we're at a division. We're not unified. I'm sorry that we have problem with this. We'll we'll figure this out together. I'm sorry for how I acted. I would have never got to that place in my spirit unless I went and was recreated again. So that's what that's why we do what we do. It's not so that we can just have these experiences. It's so that we can become something better. Exactly. So hundred percent. So that's exactly true.
1: I gotta remember back what I was gonna say, but I think where I was gonna spur off of what was said earlier was every one of us has that sense within us that knows when we're supposed to do something. Mm and i think when we're consumers we know those individuals that we're supposed to impact or we know that we're supposed to do whatever it's going to do we every one of us gets that sense we all get that little something that just it gives us that little nudge and it's so easy just to gloss over it and to move on but i can tell you when i listen to it and i think about it then i go and engage with whatever that may be it might just be helping somebody i mean i'll go back to last year i was checking trail cameras it was last year we could do the trail cameras and uh, don't don't with, you say that now oh i know i know i know i <laughs> know key word but the there was a, a guy there and uh and it turned out it was his dad he was in the 70s and they were looking at my trail camera i pulled the water hole and i'm the only trail camera in that water hole and i get out and i'm like hey you like that trail camera and they're like we do and i start talking and his dad says yep i'm 78 years old it's my last ever archery elk tag mm-hmm. and and uh, we're just excited and we saw you have a camera here and Is there any elk here and next thing you know i built a relationship and drove them around to a bunch of other good water sources and showed them and sent them a bunch of pictures. And then I, I still get text messages. And throughout the hunt, you know, they're asking for advice. And it's funny how when I first pulled up, my initial instinct was, what are these jerks doing? Are they getting ready to steal my trail camera? Are they getting ready to cause a conflict? And should I just drive off? And, and here it was just a complete paradigm shift of a couple of guys that don't go to church you know, It was just a father and a son, and they were just excited that his dad finally drew a tag and his dad could hunt at his age. And here we built a relationship, and it would have been so easy to go in there with an attitude and be just a complete jerk because when I pulled up, I mean, they were actually had their hands on it and they were looking at it, and your gut says they're getting ready to steal it or do something so crazy. So you
2: guys don't look at other people's trail cams when you're out there? I'm the only one who does that too? No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> exactly,
1: exactly. But it was interesting is you know, how, how we get defensive. And, and I know that I always left my trail cameras and they get stolen. And once I leave it, it's abandoned property. And it's just, it's just part of the thing. But it was interesting that in that moment I was, I felt that anger, but then all of a sudden I I felt this like, Hey, go see how they're doing. You know, And next thing you know, I just threw out like a joke. Just, I was like, I had that little spiritual battle, and all of a sudden my, my statement was more of a joke, you know. Hey, you guys having fun with my trail camera, you know, and all of a sudden they start laughing, and the guy yells at me, yeah, my dad's got his first elk hunt. We're so excited, and, you know, and saw this elk, saw this big old bull track right here, and there's here's your camera in front. Did you get a picture of it? And I said, well, let's, let's take a look and see what we got for you. Yeah. You know, but it was interesting is how, like you just said, God knows and he can recharge, and when that little voice or whatever nudges you, are we going to be a consumer and be self-centered and be a jerk and be all-inclusive, or is it our time to those those individuals,
2: I think it's so easy to get singular or mono focused on what our intentions are when we're out in the field, specifically. Yep. And uh, I remember I was hunting with my son, and and uh, it was a deer hunt, and we both had tags. Uh, coos Coos hunt. We both had tags, and I remember my intentions going down. I'm like, I can't wait to shoot. Like I can't wait to find something. Yep. And we kind of have this deal in our family. You know, if you see it, you shoot it. Right. Yep. If you yep. spot the glass, it's your deer. Yep. And and I remember that, and I was so singular focused on what I wanted to do, and then all of a sudden. And yes, it was my son, but it would have been, a, you know, last time I was with other guys and this happened too. I was so singular focused on what I wanted to do that I missed the opportunity to serve somebody else, even out in the field. Yep. And then we're driving down this back road in, in our ranger and uh, I saw, I saw a, a spike and I'm like, you know what? I, I would have been happy with it to be honest. <laughs> Cause I would just <laughs> want to meet, I'll just be honest. Yeah, exactly, um, exactly. But that voice, what you're saying is like, no, no, serve somebody else, yep. serve yep. somebody else yep. and let them have an experience. And you will also have that experience. And so, I think you're right in that sense where, you know, that's the whole idea. I think God wants to talk and communicate with us. And it's not just about what we want. It's about what he wants to do through us, even even when we're doing the things that we love, like hunting and fishing. Yep, exactly true. And I'll even take it, you know, here, that was in September, and I get a phone
1: call. It's like October, month after. like, hey, Mike, how you doing? We're just talking. He's like, can you come meet me? I'm like, yeah. I, I said, I got a gift for him. I'm like, I don't need no gift. And so I go meet him. He's like, bring a cooler. So I bring a cooler, and I was like, well, you know, my dad and I, we had this planned, and we went to Alaska and got a whole bunch of halibut. And I remember you said you love fish, so here's a, here's a mm-hmm. bunch of halibut for you, you know? So it's even interesting how they took that and even though they're just good people, that they felt the, the excitement to want to give back and to, you know, whatever information I gave them, they felt, you know, that that was, you know, something they wanted to do to give back because they appreciate it. You know, I think sometimes we forget the littlest things. I mean, for me, it's just, I know the area and all I did was sharing information where they should hunt, you know, and, and focus their time and things like that. And he had some shots and missed and they had a great hunt, but then to get a phone call, Hey, we got a whole bunch of halibut for you. Yeah. I mean What's the dollar value ha, of you know, the we Halibut? Probably you
0: know? gave you 500 bucks. Yeah, yeah right? No,
1: no, seriously. I mean, but it's, it's interesting. I mean, just to have it shipped here, you know, I'm sure they spade a fortune, but it's interesting how that little just engaging and just being real and being honest and not taking things personal because, again, it's God's forest. You know, it's the people's forest. And
2: who am I to say that I own that Unless forest? it's private land, and we won't get into that discussion now, exactly, will we? Exactly. <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> exactly. Well, it, but, it, it's, I had a guy I met on Coos Whitetail. A uh, little plug for that website on the forums and stuff. I'm pretty active on those, um, buying and selling different things and just comment and more seeking information than giving information because I'm, I'm want to be a constant learner. I'm no, nowhere near a great hunter. I want to be. Um, so I'm trying to seek information all the time. And, uh, I had a guy on there, this, this last time he had an elk hunt in six, uh, six B and this last fall in six B and I have great mapping of six B FYI, if you ever need it, um, from years and years and years of my father-in-law And his brother, back when you didn't, you just bought an over-the-counter tag. Wow. That unit and all where they shot, all the, you know, all where they, they marked every shot where they shot, wherever they saw stuff. And I have great maps. 20-some, 30-some years of mapping in one unit. Wow. And he, I found out he was a new hunter, new to Arizona. You know, I want to make a relationship with this guy. And so I'm like, I private message him. I'm like, you know what? I've got great maps. I don't have a hunt this year. Let me, let me send you my maps. Now, I don't know if I'm ever going to get them back. And they're kind of a family relic to me at this point. Um, cause we got their handwriting and my father-in-law's passed and he's got his handwriting on there with yeah. arrows pointing and all this, something that should probably be framed, hanging up yep. somewhere. Yep. And I'm like, you know what, I'll send you all my maps. And if, if you have, and it was the same thing. He shot it, shot an elk yep. and same, he sent my maps back via the mail, which I thought was pretty cool. And then he met me and uh, yep. was able to give me some food and, and I was like man that's that's cool that's the commonality, yep. um, but I was I was willing to give in order to receive right that's a yep. principle we all know give yep. and you shall receive exactly and I think that that's something that we can all learn from and continue to do absolutely for sure yeah great great yeah. insight for sure well
0: I hope everybody was able to gain a lot from this um, if you guys haven't seen any of our seminars. Online at um, at Calvary or even at Oasis, um, like we said, Andy's the executive pastor at Oasis Community Church over in Scottsdale, and it was through that relationship, just through Coos Whitetail, that he reached out to Mike uh, a few years ago, and here this friendship that will last for forever was born. Um, we hope you learned a lot from this episode. We hope you gained a lot. If you guys have any questions or if you are seeking knowledge or you're wanting some sort of mentorship or you're wanting to, to learn a little bit about more about the Bible, about Christ and, and having a relationship with God, please reach out to us or please reach out to, to Andy and anyone at Oasis Community Church. Um, they are a wealth of knowledge. There's no judgment. Not and at all. Anyone is welcome. Anyone is welcome.
2: Shoot, they let me be a pastor there. What does that say? That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Let's see each <laughs> aid. Have hey. seminars in there. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly. crazy. Can I Can I just say one, one final Absolutely. thing before we go? Um, for you guys who are listening out there, um, whether you, you know Jesus Christ as your Savior or you don't, I just want you to know this. Um, everybody struggles with the same stuff and that you got a God that loves you no matter what. And uh, uh, it took me 20-some years, years to realize that God loves me not for what I do but he loves me just for who I am and uh, that doesn't mean all my problems go away Uh, I love Jesus I'm a pastor and I have a lot of problems also and uh, but he loves me regardless and I just wanted to share that because I know those words sometimes they may sound hollow they may sound redundant um, but it is a truth that no matter what you've done no matter where you're at no matter what your life looks like today that God is so in love with you. Um, that And all he's asking, all he's asking is a simple thing. All he's asking is, hey, just talk to me. That's it. You don't have to change your lifestyle. You don't have to change your hobbies. You don't have to change your spouse, although I know some of you might want to. You don't have to do all these different things. All you got to do is just talk to me. And it's just simple. It's like, hey, God, this is what's going on. And I've had the best conversations with God out in the wilderness. And it hasn't been in a formal prayer like, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It hasn't been any of those. It's been, God, man, thanks for putting me out here. I'm struggling with this. And let me tell you, because this sucks. And I don't know what to do with it. Can you help me? And that was it. So, Amen.
0: Amen. Mikey, uh, if you're all right with it, I think this is the, the first time we've had a podcast episode in the the man cave in person and not telephonic. Can we do another first? And because we have Pastor Andy here, do you mind if he
2: leads us in closing prayer? Do it. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I just want to say thank you to all CHA people out there. Uh, it's been a pleasure getting to know some people. Um, it's been a pleasure to, to find out more about areas and and uh, ways to hunt. And so I'm grateful for this organization, truly, truly grateful for this organization. I think it's great. Uh, not just the organization, but the people behind the organization are just unbelievably fantastic. And uh, it's a privilege and an honor for me to be a friend with them and a friend of the organization. And so I'm grateful. So thank you guys for allowing me the opportunity to be a part of that. Uh, I don't take that lightly. I do take that. Uh, It's awesome when my passions and my faith line up together. That creates a beautiful thing for me personally and hopefully for others. So, uh, Father, uh, I just thank you. I thank you for the opportunity that we get to do what we do and that you created everything uh, for your glory, and yet you've given us dominion over everything so that we can enjoy what you've created. I thank you for all the listeners out there. Uh, I pray, Lord, that you would bless them, not just in great hunting, but you would bless their lives with great purpose. And uh, for those that don't know you, Jesus. I would pray that uh, they. this might be the start of that and that they would just say a simple prayer that's just like, God, I just want to know you. Could you talk to me? And that's all it takes to get to know Jesus. It's just a simple conversation. God, I just want to know you. And so Father, I thank you for those people out there uh, who, who might need that prayer today. And I thank you that you're trusting God and that you're a God who loves to... Fill us up with the things that we're passionate about. I pray blessings over everyone's hunts this year, especially if you got drawn. If you didn't get drawn, I pray a curse is removed from you like it needs to be removed from me. I'm just kidding. Uh, But I do thank you, God, and I pray for all the people who have hunts this year, uh, that they'll be blessed, not with success of the game, although I do pray that, but they'll be uh, fulfilled, filled up by the joy of being in your creation. And so, Father, I thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.